Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at in today's show. Show 78. We visit our first sci-fi convention. British Gas wants to take our word for it. Behind the scenes at an Olympic radio station. Emailing and printing in 3D. Plus your feedback from the Olympic torch route in London. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. Headline time starting off with news of a shake-up to Freeview on the 19th of September. We can expect to see a bunch of channel number changes to free up space for a network of local TV stations coming soon. Local services will appear on Channel 8 in England and Northern Ireland and on Channel 45 in Wales and Scotland. We can expect up to 21 local TV stations to appear in due course. Also, 20 spaces have been reserved for HD channels, starting from number 101, and there'll be a Freeview information service on channel 100, as well as a dedicated section for the various internet-based TV services slowly appearing on connected boxes. Next, news from TalkTalk. After having gone quiet on offering a TV service, broadband provider TalkTalk has announced ambitious plans to re-enter the pay TV market. Customers of TalkTalk will soon be given the option to sign up to the new TV service, which will include a free UView set-top box, normally priced £300. TalkTalk will be offering content from Sky, including all four of the Sky Sports channels, and apparently you won't be tied into a long-term subscription for TV channels. TalkTalk's broadband phone and TV package will cost £24 a month, undercutting current players, and bundling in a free Love Film subscription. Next, the show wouldn't be complete without an Apple rumour. Today's is that the 21st of September is the planned iPhone 5 date. Also, rumours persist of a 7-inch iPad mini to rival the many Android tablets out there. Place your bets, please. Next, O2 customers, don't forget that in September you qualify for a £10 voucher. This is to compensate for the massive and embarrassing network outage in July, leaving thousands without service. With 23 million customers able to get a £10 voucher, this isn't a cheap blunder. Vouchers plus discounts for affected customers won't kick in for a month to stop unhappy customers leaving the network. And talking of embarrassing problems, Humax has released an over-air patch to its FreeSat boxes after it transpired they were unable to record the Olympics channels. If you're affected by the problems, select Software Updates from the menu to get the fix. Some radio news. £21 million will be made available to build up the local DAB digital radio network. The government has also committed to making a decision next year on when the national and regional FM and AM stations will start the radio digital switchover. A quick stop press. Microsoft is about to phase out its Hotmail email service to replace it with a new webmail service, Outlook.com. More on this in the news section of our website. And finally, let's talk Olympics. Those attending the Games have been asked to cut back on the tweeting and texting. 
The problems with poor TV coverage of events such as men's cycling has been blamed on poor reception of athletes' data due to activity on the mobile phone networks. Unfortunately, poor TV coverage led to more people tweeting, making the problem worse. An IOC spokesman has apparently asked spectators to please kind of take it easy, unless it's an urgent message. So, please tweet this warning to all of your friends and make sure they pass it on. Hashtag pointless. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Frequencycast. Now loading. Focus. Focus time, and we've got quite a lot of things to get through. To help me out, I'm joined again by Kelly. Hi, Pete. Now, Kelly, you're going to help educate me today. I keep hearing things about this thing called Pinterest, which I must admit I don't know much about, but you're something of a Pinterest expert. I am a Pinterest person. I'm quite surprised you're not. When I first heard about this Pinterest thing, I kind of got the impression it was just for girls, but I guess I'm wrong. You're definitely wrong. Everyone's using Pinterest. Where have you been? Well, every time anyone talks to me about it, it's either celebrity interviews or knitting patterns. Not really my thing. No, absolutely not. You're given different categories. You can pick which ones you want to follow and which ones your pins will actually go into. Pins. So is this some kind of social networking, Facebooky kind of thing? No, this is something different. Still kind of on the social network page, but completely different. Go on then, why would I want Pinterest? Well, Pinterest is for uploading different pictures, different photographs, different things you've done via Photoshop. It's to kind of communicate with a a broad audience, really. I mean, I would say it's mainly for photographers and, and people like that to get themselves known. Well, hang on, if I've already got Facebook for sharing photos and I've got things like Picasso for spreading my photos if I want to, why would I want Pinterest? Well, Pinterest literally gets your your photos and your pins out to a broader audience. But I can already do that on Facebook. So you don't keep your Facebook private? I get it. So this is sharing photos to everyone, not just my friends? This is to everybody. Right. So this is a way of promoting photos. So a bit like MySpace was for musicians, this is the same but for photos. Yeah. And then people can choose to follow you. So if they like your images after a certain amount of time, they will come up in the same way that you can kind of favourite friends on Facebook. So a bit like YouTube is to videos, then this is the same for photos. So how do you use Pinterest? Well, I tend to use it for my clients at the moment. Um, So any new images and bits and pieces that come through or that I take for them, I upload those onto Pinterest. And then that goes out to a broader audience. And I'm trying to attract more people to look at us on different social networks like Facebook and Twitter. And of course, it is all about the social networking at the moment. Now, you say clients there. When you're not helping to present a radio show, you're in the PR game. Is that right? Um, Well, I work in food and drink PR. So in the PR game, what kind of social networking tools do you use to get a client's message out there? The main things we tend to use are Facebook and Twitter, as well as doing um, different guest blogs and linking to, to them, really. And of course, you're linking to FrequencyCast as much as possible, aren't you? Absolutely, 100%. Mainly on my personal page, though, that one. That's what I like to hear. And of course, we'd love it if you could link to us on Facebook too and help spread the word. One site that we're hoping is about to start linking to us is British Gas. Now, as you know, we've been looking at their smart homes technology, things like smart meters, home security and remote heating. And we're pleased to tell you that we've been chosen to take part in their DTOWFI campaign. Confused? Well, that stands for Don't Take Our Word For It. And British Gas has spoken to a number of tech bloggers and podcasters to get them to review their latest technology. Well, they've picked FrequencyCast and will be testing out their new smart technology. 
Last month, my old thermostat was replaced by the British Gas Remote Heating Control System that lets you control your boiler from a web browser, smartphone or via a text message. Here's me, with British Gas Engineer Paul, finding out how their new system is installed. Well basically we are replacing the old hardwired thermostat with a wireless one that will connect to the internet hub. And the box you're screwing on the wall there, that's just connecting straight into our existing boiler. And I'm assuming that's replacing the bit of wire that runs through the house to the thermostat, is that right? Yes, that is basically just screwed to the wall, wired straight into the central heating boiler, replacing the old thermostat which was in your hall. All the old wires that was going through will be disconnected so you have no hardwired link from your thermostat to your boiler. After getting the new boiler connection sorted, my rather dated thermostat was removed and replaced by a shiny new digital thermostat. It's all set up, basically fitted the thermostat in the same position as the old one, that's all ready to go. Excellent, Paul, thank you very much. Will be an easy install for you? It was, it was very easy. Well, two weeks in and the system is working nicely, but of course with the warm weather we're not really able to use it in anger yet, so we'll update you in a future show. In the meantime, check out the show notes for a little video clip showing the entire installation process and the inside of my boiler. Now before you rush off to look at those lovely pics, just to remind you that coming up later in the show, a look at a special Olympic radio station, plus 3D printers. First off though, something a little different. Now as well as covering tech, we also cover TV topics, and that gave us an excuse to visit the London Film and Comic Con last month. It's a mecca for all things Star Wars, Star Trek, Firefly and Doctor Who. Subscribers to our audio feed will have already received our review of LFCC 2012, but if you haven't heard the full report yet, here are some highlights. To get you in the mood, we first spoke to Andy in the rather long queue. I'm wearing the uh, costume worn by the 10th Doctor in Doctor Who. OK, and I think you're very brave, being one of the few people in, uh, in costume here. I'm sure everyone will be changed when we get inside the building. But uh, well done, Andy, and uh, from your friends, a big round of applause, I think. <laughs> so we moved inside the convention, into the Olympia Grand Hall in London, no less, and with me was one rather scared-looking Kelly. Well, there's a lot of people here dressed up as... I think superheroes. I don't really know who they are. I've seen a lot of people with very crazy hair. We're in what's called the signing hall at the moment. And just uh, paint a picture for me, Kelly. Well, at the moment, there's a lot of people here in a lot of queues with a lot of pictures waiting for quite a lot of autographs. And let's just have a look around here. I've picked out some people I would love to go and see if we can, uh, we can go and have a chat to. Over there, someone you wouldn't have heard of, Jane Badler from V. Ring any bells? No, I'm afraid not. 1980s sci-fi film where she had to eat a hamster. I don't know how I feel about watching anybody eat a hamster though. Over there to my right, two people I would love to go and see, both from Firefly. We have Adam Baldwin, of course, who played the man they call Jane, and Jewel State, who was the engineer Kaylee. Uh, we've also just bumped into Gates McFadden, who is, of course, Dr. Beverly Crusher from the Enterprise. The other side of the exhibition, there's a lot of different stalls selling a lots of different geeky memorabilia. More on the hall later, but first an extract of our interview with the lizard lady herself, Jane Badler. Hi, it's so nice to be here in London at the London Comic Con. So obviously we saw you in your red outfit back in the in the 80s. How was it to, uh, to film V? 
Well, it was incredibly exciting. It was my first big series. I was doing soap operas in New York. So um, I was incredibly excited when I got V. And of course, more recently, we've had the revival, which has hit the UK. Is there any chance of seeing V come back in any form, do you think? You know, I, I, I think it's fantastic that people want us back, but everyone's moved on to other projects. It's going to be very difficult to get the same team. They'd have to almost move into another generation of of these. Who knows though, you never know. There's a full version of our interview with the lovely Jane Badler up on our website. Now, as we're a tech radio show, it's only right that we track down the best tech we can when we're out and about. And this was courtesy of our friends at firebox.com. We were surprised to see them at the convention, so we had a chat. Here's Paul with a rather unusual job title. I'm the head of personalised products. Um, I actually invent um, or come up with the ideas of anything you can personalise yourself. So if you can put your name on it or add a photo to it or upload a photo, we'll turn it into a product and it'll be amazing. Now, what we've got here is some rather unusual heads-on spikes, which I wasn't quite expecting, and some superhero uh, figurines. Tell me what's going on here. We've come up with a product where um, the customer uploads two photos of themselves, um, sort of passport style, one headshot, both side and straight on. We then turn that into a 3D render and print it on a uh, fancy 3D printer, which then allows the customer to pop it onto any action figure they want to be. So they could be Superman or Wonder Woman or Spider-Man. And how are these done? You say on, on a printer, and obviously these are three-dimensional. My printer is only two-dimensional. How, how are you doing that then? There's this amazing technology that's been around for a little while called 3D printing, which is just like a desktop printer you get at home, which is like an inkjet. But instead of printing on the paper, it builds up layers of um, ink and um, this kind of powdered material and different colours as well and we turn it into full colour heads and it's um, quite amazing, even NASA are looking into this for putting into um, the orbiting space stations so if an astronaut loses a spanner, NASA can email them a new spanner which just blows my mind every time I think about it. Oh, I like the idea of that. I'm assuming these, uh, these printers aren't 99 quid at PC World though, are they? Um, no, they're a little bit more expensive. The price ranges on how many colours you want, if you want colour and they can go up to any sort of amount you can imagine, really. But they're designed to work in the office. They're the size of um, a couple of filing cabinets, right down to actually desktop ones, which will just sit there and um, do like three colours, three basic colours. But yes, they're not cheap, but they are amazing. Presumably, you send these photos and you get a head and a body, is that right? Yeah, and you can actually pick any body you want as well. So we um, offer a range of bodies on firebox.com and... You can just choose whoever you want. And if you get bored of the body that you actually get sent, because of the size of the head, it'll actually fit onto any six-inch character. So you can just pop your head off, blue tack it, or super glue it onto another person. So Monday, you could be Wonder Woman. Tuesday, you could be Batgirl. Wednesday, you could be Spider-Man. Wonderful. Right, I'm going to turn to Kelly now. You've been looking longingly. Is it Wonder Woman you're after there? Have I got that right? No. I want to be Catwoman. I'm sure if you ask nicely, I could get you a Catwoman. <laughs> can you meow for us? Meow. Very good. And uh, will you get the ears with Catwoman? Um, I'm sure we could arrange something. <laughs> wow, a truly personalised present. Can you see this taking off? Oh, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Go on then, who would you see me as out of this little collection? I reckon you'd make a good Wonder Woman. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Kelly. And just for that, we'll be putting up that picture of you waving a lightsaber about up on our show notes. We'll also be putting up a picture of the Firebox Kelly Catwoman creation as soon as it arrives. So keep an eye on frequencycast.co.uk forward slash LFCC.
Now, an extra special interview. We were lucky enough to speak to Dave Prowse, the man in black himself. First of all, we wanted to know how Dave got the part of Darth Vader, and it transpires that George Lucas saw Dave in the film A Clockwork Orange. Lucas saw the film in, in, in California and remembered me, and it came over to London in 76 and said to the managing director of the 20th century, he said, to, he said do me a favour, he said, can you find this guy Dave Prowse for me? And uh, so I got called in to see George, and I said, well, if you don't mind me asking, how did you know of me? He said, oh, he said, I saw you in Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. He said, if you're good enough for Stanley Kubrick, you're good enough for me. Like, and that was it. I mean, I didn't have to act, I didn't have to do anything. And then um, he said, well, he said, I'd like to offer you one of two parts in this movie I'm doing. And uh, I said, what are the two parts? He said, well, the first one's a character called Chewbacca. I said, what the hell's Chewbacca? And he says, like a, it's like a hairy gorilla that goes through the film on the goodies. And I said, oh, God, no. No, I said, you, you know, I don't fancy that at all. I said, what's the other part? And he said, well, the other one's the big villain of the film, character called Darth Vader. I said, George, I said, don't, don't say anymore. I said, I'll take the villain's part. He said, and he said, Dave, he said, I think you've made a great decision. He said, because nobody will ever forget Darth Vader. And here we are, 30-odd years later. You know, travelling around the world on the back of dark, as it were. Absolutely, although I'm not entirely sure that the uh, the costume would be more comfortable than the uh, Chewbacca outfit. Oh, I don't know. I think they were both as bad as each other, actually. <laughs> so, obviously, we're here today at the uh, London Film and Comic Con 2012. Yeah. Do you enjoy getting out to meet the fans? Yeah, I do, actually, yeah. I, I do, I do, well, I, I practically do nothing else but this now. I travel all over the world. I'm, I'm somewhere in the world, almost, I won't say every weekend, but most, most weekends. And do you still watch any science fiction, either films or TV? I've only ever, I think I've, ever, I've only ever seen Star Wars once or twice. I've, I've never been one for you know, going to see it time and time and time again, like a lot of people do. Uh, and I, I'm not a huge sci-fi fan. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Star Trek. I've met all the Star Trek people, you know, and I, and I got on very, very well with them all, like, you know. But I hate to admit to them that I've never, I've never actually seen an episode of it. I think even Kelly's seen one episode of Star Trek. When we'd finished our interview, we pointed Dave at a stand selling next-generation box sets, so you never know. There's a longer version of our interview with Dave Prowse up on our website. Go and have a listen. That wraps up our coverage of London Film and Comic-Con 2012. A final few words from Kelly on what she thought of the show. I have actually thoroughly enjoyed myself. You're looking slightly less confused than you were earlier, I think secretly we could convert you you know i quite like the commitment they put in you know that could make me convert and i love fancy dress well as a wonder woman outfit you wouldn't mind trying on for me over there if uh, if i could do no no not happening sorry more details and some photos up on our website the address is www.frequencycast.co.uk forward slash lfcc Just before we move off the subject of sci-fi, a hi to James Mounsey, one of the biggest Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fans out there in the unfashionable end of the western spiral arm of our galaxy. James, this is for you. Hello, this is Simon Jones, a.k.a. Arthur Dent, voyaging through the galaxy, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Hoopy. Right, it can't have escaped your notice that there's a major sporting event taking place at the moment, and we've been looking at a rather special radio station. If you tune in, you won't find any music, adverts or DJs, but lots of this. We caught up with team leader Bob to talk about the hottest spot on the amateur radio dial. The aim is twofold. One, to have a great time playing radio. The second is to encourage uh, visitors to take up the hobby. We have an exhibition which explains to people who are complete novices to amateur radio. We have five stations here, three uh, HF stations. 
two VHF stations and we have six big antennas outside which uh, Pete will attest to because he's uh, drooling at them. And if I understand correctly you have a target to try and talk to 60,000 other amateurs around the world in the seven weeks that the, uh, that the event is on. Uh, how achievable do you think that is? We've actually been blown away by the, uh, the amount of people that uh, are queuing up to make contact with, with us such that with um, seven and a half thousand contacts in less than two days, uh, I think that the 60,000 contacts is going to be achieved much, much quicker than we thought. We also caught up with one of the busy operating team, Kevin, M0KSJ. Now, Kevin, you've been working since the first day of the station and hard at work, mostly on the HF bands. How's it been? Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, if you if you come on the air with a, a special event call sign of this magnitude, it uh, yeah, everybody in the world wants to work you. So uh, yeah, if if you've uh, been struggling to work stations from your home, uh, you come on with uh, two Oscar Twelve London. Everybody wants to work you. So yeah, fantastic experience and uh, a great team event as well from uh, all the members down here. The station and the exhibition here is open daily from uh, 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. That runs uh, until the end of the Paralympics. All the details uh, of the event are on our website, which is uh, www.2oscar12lima.com. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter. Well done to the 2Oscar12 Lima amateur radio operators working around the clock for seven weeks. See the video clip up on our site for some behind-the-scenes pictures. And just briefly staying on the subject of radio, I was recently interviewed by Phoenix FM about your favourite radio show, Frequency Cast. Here's a quick extract. This is Phoenix FM. Now, I know that your podcast is related specifically to all things technical, such as digital TV, but what topics have you covered to date and what's the current hot topic? Uh, we cover all sorts of things, really. I mean, we, we tend to get a lot of questions about things like Freeview being a big one, uh, people doing the digital switchover that happened a few months ago, uh, and you know the rollout across the UK of digital TVs. The hot topic for us at the moment is this uh, issue that in a year's time, people's Freeview is all going to switch off. So we've just completed the switch over. In a year, it's going to start not working. How much of it won't work? Well, this is the interesting bit. So we've gone digital. That frees up mm. a chunk of the TV band, uh, and the government will be selling that off to mobile phone companies mm. to operate the new 4G network. And because that will be on the same frequency as your teleaerials used to, you'll be able to pick up mobile phones on your TV which will mess up your Freeview reception. All very complicated, but in about a year's time, people could start having all sorts of interference problems with Freeview. So what do they do? They get a filter, a little plug-in filter that plugs into your TV aerial. Hmm. The debate at the moment is, do the mobile phone companies pay for these things to be fitted, or are us consumers expected to foot the bill for these 20-quid filters to solve this interference problem? Dear me. It just seems, just seems crazy to me. That will only affect Freeview. It won't affect uh, FreeSat or anything like that. No, it won't affect no. FreeSat, Cable or, or Sky, nothing right. like that. This is Phoenix FM. And remember, we make our shows available to community, hospital, student and online radio stations. So if you know a radio station that you'd like to carry frequency cast, please let us know. Now, time to hear from Carl as he gets his hands on something that every toolkit shouldn't be without, a decent spirit level. Here's Paul Sparrow to tell you about the X-Pro tools. The spirit level was originally designed in and invented in uh, 1660, so it's already 350 years old, and the vial that we use today 
was invented in 1920, and they haven't really changed all that much since then. Sorry, that's almost 100 years in, in the spirit level world, isn't yeah. it, the, the modern spirit level? And uh, the problem that most tradesmen experience with a normal level is that they keep banging their heads on uh, the wall when they're trying to level a vertical surface and stuff like that, because they can only be seen correctly from a very specific view. Now, I have actually experienced this problem, especially when you're holding heavy drills and things like that. You sort of level it all up in the sort of the semi-dark of a, a corner, and by the time you actually get to do your hole, it's all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, that's the trouble, yeah. So, um, I mean, what I've done is I've uh, strategically positioned mirrors within the body of the level so that you can now see it from a perfectly normal, comfortable standing position, and you can also use the drill without having to lose sight of the bubble. This is actually quite innovative and, and simple, yet very effective. In the scaffolders one, the torpedo's only got your horizontal and your vertical. But the interesting thing with the original torpedo is that it's got three different viewing features. You've got the plumb view, which is your vertical, which is left and right-handed. Excellent. You've got a dual axis view because it actually levels on the side of the of the item. So when you're doing a level in surface like a table or, or a worktop or something, you can level in both directions at the same time in the single view. Very handy. That, that is actually very important. And you've also got a unique feature specific to the X-Pro range. The horizontal vial is visible through the end of the level. How simple, but so brilliant. It's the only level in the world that levels away from the person using it, so you don't have to climb up onto steps to look at, you know, sticking your head into the shelf space trying to get a, a clearer view of the vial. So how do I get hold of one of these? Well, you can go to our website, which is www.x-protools.com. Talking about the, the life cycle of this, it's uh, 316 marine grey stainless steel mirrors, so they're, they're unbreakable, but technically you could drop that in the mud and they'll dig it up in a million years' time and it'll still work. Fantastic, so it's something for your archaeologists as well. If that sounds of interest, catch the full interview up on our website. And for details of everything discussed in today's show, go to frequencycast.co.uk. Frequency Cast, now loading, interaction the part of the show where you get to have your say. This month, I was helped out by listener Tom, and we were at a rather special location. We are on the HMS Belfast, Pete. We are in central London. Now, I have to apologise, this is actually the first day of the Olympics as it hits London. The reason I'm apologising is because we have a very noisy police helicopter flying over, because literally passing here a few minutes ago was the torch. Are you all excited about the Olympics? Yeah, it's something that's fantastic for the country. You know, we should all celebrate it, really. And of course, this was the place to sit and watch the torch going past as it sailed up the Thames towards Tower Bridge there. Uh, right, Tom, I need a little favour from you. Can you read a couple of questions for me? Uh, first off, this one here. Right, this is from John Gault. Hi, guys. Uh, love the show. I was wondering what your favourite place to get the latest tech was and what you recommend there. OK, well, personally, I love going to places like the Gadget Show Live to see what's coming up and also to get my hands on real cutting-edge tech before it hits the shops. Like the Bubble Scope, this lovely 3D camera, I'll have to tell you about that later. Then going to the company's website and ordering it direct. Uh, by the way, hello to Tom Lawton, the man behind the Bubble Scope, if you're listening. And uh, don't forget us when your product's released. Thank you very much. Otherwise, personally, I like London's Tottenham Court Road, where you can get a decent price match deal. Uh, of course, Amazon or even eBay. Tom, where do you like getting your gadgets from? I'll try and get my freebies from you. <laughs> if not, yeah, Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, makes sense. There you go. Tottenham Court Road certainly gets our vote then. There you go. Right, in the last show, we said a few things about a certain fruit-themed maker of shiny phones and tablets. Any guesses? Uh, some of you applauded our stand against that giant. 
including Steve Marshall, Dave Marsh and Axel57 on Twitter. And some of you didn't. Hello to Paul Rustling and to James Daly, who disagreed with our anti-Apple stand. And that only goes to prove that when it comes to Apple versus Android, we certainly can't please all of you all of the time. Our current listener survey shows that we have more Android users than Apple users out there. And in our random words section, you can join in the debate, Apple or Android. And on the subject of iPads, hi to Ian Anderson Gray, who sent us a page of questions about the iPad 3. We'll get to those at some point. Honest. So Tom, Apple or Android? I'm an Apple fan. Um, but I think the Android uh, have got their place. I think they, they are a good comp- competitor for them. No, that makes perfect sense. Again, apologies for the police helicopter right over our heads. We'll carry on as best we can. OK, the next one here, Tom, is from... This is from Nicholas Skippins, who says, I have ordered a Nintendo 3DS XL. What do you think of this? And what is your view on the fact that Nintendo has decided not to include a mains charger for the UK product? Well, the 3DS XL was released on the 28th of July and it has a screen that's 90% larger than their last 3D handheld console. Battery life has been improved allegedly too. Now, we haven't actually tried it yet. We haven't managed to get our hands on one. But if we get enough listener interest, we'll do a full review for you. As for the mains charger, well, personally, I'm not impressed. How would you feel if you were given a brand new shiny gadget and had to pay another eight quid to get it charged up for the first time? I think it's a bit of a cheek. I think they they should supply the charger to be able to use the equipment, you know? Well, we're not particularly impressed about the lack of a mains charger. It's clearly to try and keep the price below £180, but excluding that charger does seem a little bit stingy. Okay, it's all right if you're upgrading from another one because you've probably got a charger from your previous console, but I'm just wondering how many kids will open their new present and not be able to use it out of the box. Did you ever have that when you were a kid? You got a Christmas present but no AA batteries? All the time. They got used to it and uh, eventually uh, I've got a pack of batteries as well. Just what you've always wanted. Thanks very much to Tom there for his help and of course to you for listening. If you've got a comment or a question, here's how you can get in touch. You can leave us a voicemail by calling 0208 133 4567. You can also email us via our site or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. If you're listening to us on a smartphone, Text us now on 07-882-043-521. Please do. And just to remind you, we now have a Frequency Cast Amazon store where you'll find links to many of the products we've featured in recent shows. The address? www.frequencycast.co.uk forward slash Amazon. If you're planning to buy anything from Amazon, please use that link as it helps us with our running costs. Thank you for your support. Frequency Cast. Shutdown in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.